I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right, I have got a special treat today from Phoenix, Arizona. I have Mr. Michael O'Donnell. Michael is the number one solar sales guy on planet Earth. Number one. Forget about who you might think might be number one. This is the guy right here. He is number one. He's also the author of the book, No Matter What, W-A-T-T. And he gives a recipe for making seven-figure income and sales. He does it old school. He knocks doors. He trains guys how to knock doors. He, he does masterminds for, for salespeople. Michael, what an honor to have you. Yeah, it's so good to be with you. So are you training guys that are, that are outside of the solar business, or, or is it primarily for solar? I've been in the sales industry and in the sales world since I was 12. So that accounts for how many years it is. But uh, I, I was in the B2B sales world for many years and sold IT and telecommunications work. And then, but the last seven years I've been in the solar industry. So obviously a lot of what I'm doing is so, solar oriented, but I didn't learn how to do this. And the reason I know how to do this is when I started it in 2015, I actually already knew how to sell solar, but I learned it from guys uh, that we would call Tin Men, right? They were aluminum siding salesmen. I learned it while I was in I college. I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> I do too. Everybody <laughs> loves the Alec Baldwin, you know, and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You want to see sales guys doing what they do. Watch the movie uh, Tin Men. So what Tin Men knew is that there was no B-backs, right? If, if you were telling somebody, I think you should spend $8,000 on aluminum siding instead of $2,000 painting your house, that probably wasn't something they were going to wake up two, three days from now and call you. You were going to get them excited about how beautiful the home was going to be, that they never had to paint again in the future, that their home was going to be maybe more energy efficient and all these value propositions. You're going to get them excited and they were either going to sign today. Or you'd never talk to them ever again. And so when I started solar, it had that same exact uh, kind of dynamic. Nobody all, needs all the solar. one call clothes, right? got to be because no one needs solar. They already have electricity. They can already afford it. They don't need a solar system, but you're going to explain the value proposition. It's going to seemingly be something that overcomes an existential threat, which it is. Uh, and they're going to get it and they're going to want it. And if they go forward, move solar, move forward with solar, then you're going to have performed an unbelievable service because you would have gotten them over the hump of procrastinating, which was their idea into action, which brought all the benefits of solar to them. That's a tremendous service, but it doesn't happen on it doesn't happen after today. So every everyone who sees a solar presentation and sees the numbers and sees the compelling nature, sees it overcoming this existential threat to their family's finances, knows they should go solar. They're definitely sold and they want to buy, but they want to buy tomorrow. 
They want you to see, can you come back tomorrow? Can you come back on Friday? And every salesperson has this irresistible urge to not be that guy uh, who wants to pull out the today only close or, you know, the tactics that salespeople uh, use to get the sale closed today. They want to not be that guy. So they don't do it. But somebody has to be that guy. What's that? Somebody has to be that guy. And it sounds That's like your you're job. that guy. <laughs> your job <laughs> is to be that guy. And, you know, everybody doesn't want to be that timeshare salesman or that used car salesman or what have you. And if you're a professional and a master at your craft, you do not have to come across uh, as a, you know, timeshare salesman or something like that. However, you do have to know that if you don't help the customer do this today, you've actually done them a disservice. So what are the techniques? What are the procedures? What is the process to get somebody signed up today? But, you know, I would have to think because I, I, I don't have solar and, and where I live, we can't have it because I, I live mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a big townhouse development. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But, you know, I would think solar and correct me if I'm wrong. Like I know a lot of people that have Teslas that could yep. give a shit less about the environment. They want it because it goes zero to 60 in less than two right. seconds. It's got great features and benefits. Yeah, great features and benefits. And I would think that 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 just by asking questions to the customer about what's important to them, there, there are lots of different reasons why someone would want solar. Right. They, they may want it for the money savings, or I'm sure you got those that could care less about the money, or they, they want to do it because of the environment, or they want to do it because of the energy independence or, or, or whatever. Do you find that varying people have varying reasons of, as, as to why they do it? And, and how do you discover where those buttons are and how do you push them? Because they all have them. Yeah, great questions. People do come to the solar table with variety of ideas. And you got your granola people and your tree hugger people and your save the planet people. Honestly, uh, most people are not buying solar for that. So you may come to the solar table for a variety of reasons, but everybody buys for one reason. And what is that? Math. Math. Yeah. So the math okay. on solar, uh, once you look at it, you'll look at the proposal and look at the design and look at the numbers. And, and what happens almost every single time is that the customer says, holy smokes, this is a no brainer. And then their next question is, hold on a minute. If these numbers are true, everyone on my street would already have solar. So, you know, what's the catch? What are you not telling me? It's, it's, it's a real pleasure to sell something where universally people look at it and go, holy cow, this is just way too good to be true. But the numbers on solar and the dynamics of solar are too good to be true. The customers never pay a dollar to be the owner of a solar plant and then be set free from this monopoly who plans on raising prices uh, methodically over the years so that what they pay now will double and triple. And normally that takes about 15 years for electricity to, uh, prices to double. For the last 60 years, they've doubled every 15 years. Today, with the 10% inflation, with the Green New Deal planning on taxing fossil fuels to death, with what we've come through on the other side of this pandemic with inflation and interest rates, the price of what people pay to heat and cooler homes is going to double in the next two or three years. It's wow. going to at least triple by the end of the decade. They're going to stop making combustion engines by then. Everyone will be driving some form of electric car. Uh, in the 20s, uh, in the 2030s. So God, you know, I hope is, not. This is it is going to, well, they're going to stop making combustion engines. So if you read the government's plan, they're going to 
tax fossil fuels to death. So when somebody looks at a solar presentation, they're like, it costs no money and I never put any money into it ever. And I end up the owner of a power plant instead of the renter of this other thing. So the government makes the down payment. It's 26% uh, the government of the purchase price the government's going to hand you, right? So there's nothing down. The government makes this huge equity down payment. And then every month you've got a monthly payment for solar instead of a monthly payment for electricity. The monthly payment for solar is better for a number of reasons. One, it's less. So people like saving money. And there's I was going to ask you typically, what, what is that every month? for 50 people? to 100 bucks a month. Wow. Yeah, because so you know, here, like super compelling, but it always costs less. But that's here, not here in Florida, and I don't know anything about it because I've never looked into it. But here yeah. in Florida, I see, I see ads on television all the time, yeah. basically saying that people can get these systems put in for free. It's not free. It's just no yeah. money out of your pocket. It's not free. Solar energy is free, and that's awesome, right? There's no cost. There's no meter. Uh, on the sun. The equipment is not free. And the people who are resistant to going solar are accurate. It's going to cost them 30, 50, maybe $70,000 is the price tag of the solar system. But the customer doesn't pay the money. The government comes up with the down payment. So they hand you 26% to make a down payment with or put it strictly in your 401k if you just want to be you know, that much wealthier on day one. Right. And then every month, the money that you make that you got like $140 car payment or a $170 car payment, you don't come up with that money. You take that money from the envelope that you were going to send to the utility company. Instead of sending that money to the utility company, you were going to send the utility company $200 and you take 140 of it out and you send that to the solar company instead. So you're robbing the envelope that was gonna to go to the utility company. And then you got a problem. Here's the big problem with solar. There's an extra 60 bucks left in that envelope. Mr. Homeowner, I'm gonna need your help. You're gonna to have to find out what you're gonna do with that other $60, right? You're gonna have $60 left over. At the end of a 20, 25 year period, that cash flow plus the increase in value in your home, you're gonna be way over $100,000 more wealthy on your balance sheet than if you continue to be a renter. Just like if you were to rent your home, so if you were to rent your home every couple of years, the price would go up. Holy cow. Can you imagine if you had rented your home three years ago and the landlord knocking on the door now going, dude, it ain't 2000 a month anymore. It's three. Why? You know, it was 2000. What's different? What's different is the market. The market's going to change over 25 years. If you can't see your rent payment for renting a house doubling or tripling in 25 years, you're not awake, especially with today's inflation and what's going on. Exactly. So the same thing happens with a power plant. If you rent your power plant, you're going to spend all this money, get nothing. If you own it, you're going to have equity, appreciation, cash flow, tax advantages. You know, you're going to end up so way over a hundred thousand dollars richer. Is there is there still this thing of making the the meter run backwards and you're selling yep. the power back to the power company? <clears throat> yeah, and uh, the guy that you got uh, as a governor, I hope runs for president. DeSantos just vetoed a bill that was going to get rid of net metering. He's not a tree hugger. He's not a climate change guy right he's no. a florida pro business guy and how many green energy jobs are there in florida right now he, he's a great he's a great governor he really well, is. well he vetoed the bill that was gonna send uh that net meet which you're talking about the meter going backwards yeah when a solar system is on your home and it's deployed probably 50 percent of the power that it generates you're not able to use it at that moment 
And so it goes into the grid and it meters right. in and it runs backwards, so to speak. And you end up with a credit for kilowatt hours. Right. And then in the middle of the night and people ask me, come on, Mike, this is too good to be true. Let me have it. Give me the downside of solar. I'm going to tell you the, the downside of solar. You ready for it, Jeff? What's that? Totally sucks at night. Does nothing. Unproductive. You got this, you but know, $40,000. There's, there's battery backups, and right? And it only works half the day. No, no, the batteries aren't part of that. Well, the grid is the battery. So you're going to overproduce the day and produce nothing at night. The overproduction during the day is going to meter into the grid and get credits. And then you're going to get to use that same exact power back. And those credits and debits are going to cancel each other out so that your power, okay. if you design the system right, your power usage is, is roughly zero. Your you. bill should be close to zero as well. So, so what I'm really fascinated about is uh, I'm, I'm very fascinated with, with what you're doing, but more fascinated with how you're doing it. Because yeah. I got to tell you, uh, most of the people, and I have a huge sales organization, <laughs> and uh, I, I would say less than 1% of 1% of them would go knocking on doors to sell yeah. insurance. I can only imagine uh, uh, how, how, how they would react if I had them go out and knock on doors. They just, they just wouldn't do it. Yeah. And, and most, uh, most people would, would say, God, this guy has got balls this big to go <laughs> knocking on doors. And, you know, it, it's, I've done it before with other things when I was a kid, there's nothing to it because I looked at each door as an opportunity to, to make money. Yeah. You know, I wasn't looking at it as a way to, of getting rejected or whatever. It, it, right. And it's definitely a contact sport. The more you contact, the better you do. So, so what was it difficult for you to, to start doing that? Or, or what, kind of, what kind of mindset do you have every time you knock on a door? It, it's not difficult when I started. It's difficult every single day. Not every single door, but every single day. So it's a big, big momentum play, right? Right. Uh, one of my, you're, you're a big habits guy. I'm a big habits guy. The guy that changed my life from a habits perspective was reading the book, Many Habits by Stephen Guys. And he's the guy that talks about, you want to get into shape, do one push up a day. And you're like, one push up. What is that? That's not a thing. And you find out one, first of all, if you do one push up a day uh, for a year, that's 365 push ups. It's, you'd probably be in a little better shape if you actually did that. Right. Uh, than if you did zero push ups, right? But that's not the thing either. The thing is, is that once you get down on the ground, get into a push-up position and go down and get your nose into the dirt and come back up to the top of the thing. Uh, you're going to be like, I'm going to feel really stupid right now if I don't do a second push-up. And so what you've done is you've gone from zero to one. That's the greatest distance on planet earth, the distance between zero and one. Exactly. You've now created momentum, his new book. I, I sell his book more than my book. So his new book is called the magic of momentum. Once you've gone from zero to one, You've now created direction, momentum, velocity, speed. All these things are all working for you. And of course, if you do that in a negative direction with a destructive behavior, that becomes a bad habit. Ogmandino said the only way to get out of a bad habit is to replace it with a good habit. And to win the ball game, you only got to do one thing. That's become a slave. Become a slave to, um, to good to habits. Good ha Right. Yeah. And so it's not knocking on doors, 100 doors a day, 40 doors a day. It's about knocking on one door. And Stephen Guy says, if you knock and if you say you're going to knock one door and don't do it, why didn't you do it? It means the bar's not lower. It's got to be one push up low. It's got to be so it's got to be absurd. So the breakthrough for me and what I was actually going to name the book, Get One Nut, right? 
And for a bunch of reasons that are epic to me and whatnot, I've named the book, No Matter What, right? So I'm going to do this every day. The idea is a sacred commitment. I'm going to find a half a dozen things a day that I have a sacred commitment, a no matter what commitment. I'm going to do this one thing, one push up, one door, one knock, but I needed to lower the bar. It wasn't going to be one door. It's going to be one no. I've got to go out. I got to knock a door, have somebody come to it, say, hey, there's no chance you want a solar quote. Is there? No. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's one no. That's one now no. Now I'm in motion. I got momentum. The, fam the family and the SUVs pulling up in the next door neighbor's driveway. I got a card in my hand and now I'm handing out a card to the next door neighbor. Next thing you know, I'm in a manic episode and I've been through, you know, I've been through this street and the next street over. My wife's calling. It's dark out. She says, are you coming home at all? I got, I just got one more. I got one more door. That's called momentum. And I got, I just, now you can't stop me from doing one more. So the breakthrough for me was to understand that as a salesperson, my job is not to go out and get yeses. My job is to go out and get no's. If I get enough no's, the yeses are just going to be part of the byproduct. Yeah. One, and, and one, not, one no is a next going, step hey, to Jeff, a yes. Uh, there's no chance you don't want a solar quote, is there? No, no, I don't. Okay, great. Have a good day. You know, that's not scary to me. And, and the idea of me changing your mind and failing and then experiencing rejection and failure, I just kind of rather, uh, I'd just kind of rather not do that. But, you know, I found it, right. I found that it's nearly impossible. Well, you, you cannot change anyone's mind. Mm -hmm. You can only help them change their own mind. That's the only thing you can do is to help <laughs> them change their own mind. Yep. Zig Ziglar you, said you can't change anyone's mind. No, you can't. All you can do is present them with new information and ask them to make a new decision. You know, and new, you know, and I'm big on new information because, you know, one of my unbreakable habits that I do, uh, no matter what, uh, <laughs> that's your book, plug in your yeah. book, it's no matter what, what you, you know, it's a, it, is I, I read, uh, I'm a fanatic about reading. Me too. I read 50 pages of a book a day. 50. Wow. That's a lot. I read two. And I read, I read pretty fast, but uh -huh. I read 50 pages of a book today. Uh -huh. And it, it's something that I started 10 years ago and I could kick my own ass for not doing it 30 years ago Yeah, because there'd be no telling where I would be now if I, if I did that. The only way, the only way you're going to change your beliefs is to change the, the information that you're taking in. 100%. It, if you don't, if you don't change it, you know, you're not going to stay the same. You're going to slowly, slowly decline. But I got to ask because I have Zoom calls every week. I have thousands of insurance agents that tell me the craziest stories right. about people that they see. What's the weirdest house you've ever been in? So my best call ever, best knock on a door was to knock on a door. I'm wearing my Sun Solar Solutions shirts. I got on my Sun Solar Solutions hat on the guy's curb is my Sun Solar Solutions wrapped truck. The door's wide open, the engine's running, there's one wheel up on the uh, sidewalk. That's my normal posture. My posture at a door is, I'm not some kid going door to door. My posture at the door is, dude, I'm so freaking busy. I don't know how I had time to stop at your door. It looked like you were home. Listen, I only have a minute and I have to go. I'm literally doing the takeaway at the door when they, oh, dude, I got to go. And they're like, yeah. Okay. What's that about? <laughs> I'm literally doing the takeaway from the door, but I do that one day. I'm with another guy that works with me. 
and I open up the door. He looks one look at my uh, shirt and sees solar. And sees my hat solar, my truck solar. And he looks at it. He puts it together. Goes this solar. I go yeah, yeah. We're solar. <laughs> we're solicitors. We're solar solicitors. <laughs> and he goes. He goes, dude. F solar, man. And I go, dude. That's beautiful. We know our job is to go out and get no's and to make sure we didn't leave anything on the table. And like, you're not wishy-washy about being no. F Solar is the absolute stone cold best no I've gotten in, I don't know, weeks, probably, maybe ever. This is going to go down in the in the halls fame of no's. And you just made my day. I appreciate you coming to the door. The enemy of knocking on doors isn't no. The enemy is no one home. and do, Or they see you and they don't open the door. You open the door. You said hello to us. I want to let you know I appreciate that. I hope you have a better day. And he says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I didn't say I was like completely closed mind. It's not like I'm against solar. I'm like, whoa, dude, <laughs> you've already got the perfect no. Uh, it sounds like you got an objection that you might want me to overcome. But you know what? I'm just going to encapsulate this no and call it the best one I've ever had. And I want to wish you a nice day. And then I got onto the neighbor's door and the neighbor's door and the neighbor's door around his cul-de-sac. We wrote five appointments going around the horn that day. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, that encapsulates what's happening. What people are afraid of is, ah, F solar, get off my lawn. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. And uh, you know what? That's, uh, if you can understand that's what the money's for, that's going to be a breakthrough. Yeah. You know, at least once a month, I'll have one of my agents tell me they knocked on the door and someone mm -hmm. answered it naked. Or 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 they're or or they're standing there in their underwear. Yeah, um, I kept praying that would happen when I was 12 years old, knocking on doors to collect money for the newspaper and selling. Uh, you know, well, yeah, uh, I wanted you know you live in Phoenix, man. It's hot. It's hot, it's hot out 18. there. You know, they they got to do what they can to cool off. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I've heard. I don't know if this is true anymore, but I remember hearing a long time ago that your state has some of the most expensive electricity in the country. It does. We don't have any water out here. I mean, we have plenty of water, but, you know, we don't have water to burn, and yet we burn it up making electricity. So that's expensive. Uh, we, yeah. got a, we got a railroad truck, our uh, railroad car, our coal in from, you know, West Virginia or wherever that Joe Manchin guy is from. Um, you know, all this, I mean, it's, it's, you know, in the middle of the desert, how are you going to make all this power? Well, we have to generate it. We got a nuclear power plant. But yeah, it ends up being very expensive. So people are paying roughly 18 to 20 cents a unit for electricity. The units are called kilowatt hour. If right. they go solar, the units are free. The equipment's not free. But if I divide the monthly car payment amount by how much power they get, it looks like they're paying about 10 cents instead of 20 cents for power. And that's, you know, that makes it a no brainer. And honestly, that's not really the issue. Jeff, the issue is that it's 20 cents now, but what will it be in five years? And the answer is nobody knows the answer to that question. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And if we pay attention to what's going on with inflation and the fact that the government is telling us they're going to actually tax fossil fuels to death, right? We're planning to have our emissions by 2030. We're planning to end coal by 2030. 80% of the power in this country is coming from coal and we're going to end coal. So what is that going to do to the homeowner that's dependent on a monopoly that gets these units by digging garbage out of the ground, this rocks out of the ground and lighting them on fire? It's, it's a death spiral and the homeowner's tied to this death spiral, right? Like smoking cigarettes was a 
the government decided we don't want anybody smoking cigarettes anymore. So they put that incentive plan on the label. And the incentive plan said, hey, if you quit smoking now, you'll get an extra 20 years of life. And the last couple of years will be awesome instead of some nightmare sucking on an oxygen tube. (laughs) And and, and how many people took that incentive plan, right? Everybody quit smoking cigarettes when they saw that come out on the label, right? We ended smoking in the 60s, right? So what... So tell me something. What uh, what are the habits that you embrace? What are what are the what are the unbreakables that, that you have? Uh, I know you said you did one push up a day. I think you do uh-huh. more than that. Uh-huh. Uh, what, I do. What, so I can't do one. If I do one, I end up knocking out ten or twenty every time. Sometimes okay. I knock out three sets of twenty, and I'm on Instagram going, "I'm a badass," you know. <laughs> so but what, I certainly what, wouldn't have been at sixty if I didn't do one. What are the unbreakables that you have or the non-negotiables? Because I think everybody should have them. Not enough people do. Yeah. That's very evident. Uh, so I learned re- how to create those habits. That's really uh, the beautiful yeah. thing. So, you know, for instance, here's an unbreakable. My wife says, Mike, we got this beautiful glass enclosure to our shower. And uh, I would really appreciate it if you would squeegee the glass off every time you take a shower. And I look at her and she looks at me like, we both know that's not happening, right? But I've got this ability to create habits now. And so, you know what? I'm going to create this habit. I'm not allowed out of the shower door unless I get that squeegee and just squeegee off the door. It takes me about 10 seconds. I can't be too rushed or too late to not have 10 seconds, right? And of course, now that I've done that, what am I going to do? Not do the next two panels? I'm 100%. I'm the most un unreliable guy on planet earth to do something like that. And I'm a hundred percent for like three years in a row of scratching that off. The other thing you can count on me to go to the coffee pot. Like you do not need to motivate me to go to the coffee pot in the morning. You I'm reliable, but I'm not allowed to grab the coffee pot handle unless I take down my tray of vitamins and supplements and put one of them each onto a plate so that I grab it with my water and my coffee and go and sit down. I am now reliable. That 81 milligram aspirin they tell us to take, Jeff, at our age. Dude, I'm like five years I'm, in I'm row taking one of those too. Right, right. We're supposed <laughs> to, right? And maybe that gives us an extra five or 10 years. Do we need another better incentive plan than maybe five or 10 years more with our kids and grandkids? And yet I'm the kind of guy that is no way in the world could you count on me to take one of those damn things every day. Like if I was going to die in seven days, you might not be able to count on me. To do that. So by a being able to create that habit, that is the, the breakthrough. So the unbreakables that I have that make the difference is I know that by myself, I'm not all that, you know, I'm not the guy you should follow because I'm this perfect guy and the perfect morning guy and the most disciplined guy. I'm a lazy, undisciplined, worst morning guy on planet Earth. <laughs> I am. I'm not, I'm not the morning guy. I always I always admire those military guys that had a four year reveille and the rest of their life, man, they just heard that reveille go off. I didn't do a military thing. I came from a family that didn't understand habits or routines. And so I never had any of that. And for 40 years, I just struggled. Like how do normal people just get themselves to like show up on time and blah, 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 blah. I I had to overcome all of the fact that I had no discipline, had no habits with sheer talent. And luckily I had a little bit of talent. I was able to be very successful through a 25 year career shows. Of course, very successful meant that I had a big house payment, a big car payment, a big boat payment, three kids in college. And I was freaking out every day that that quarter million dollar income was going to evaporate. And yet I was probably operating at maybe 10, 20% of my potential. Why was that? Because I was undisciplined, lazy, I didn't have the right opportunity. 
I get into solar, I understand, holy crap, if I were to be in two or three presentations a day, instead of two or three presentations a week, I wouldn't be making 20 grand a month, I'd be making 20 grand a week, 20 to $50,000 a week. And I go, why am I not doing that? And I set up the habits, I learned how to do this, I bought the books and took the coaching and found out and invested in myself. How do I get myself to operate every day as if I understand that I actually want to make a million bucks a year? And I created this rinse and repeat um, process where I am able to make a seven-figure income in sales. And anybody can just do the numbers on your comp plan and then work the numbers backwards, reverse engineer. How many doors do I have to knock on to make seven? Yeah, it's just, it's just not that hard to do. Not, it, it's, it's just it's a new not six that figure. hard Seven to do. figures is the new seven you know, seven figures is the new six figures. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, somebody tells me they're, they're making a hundred grand a year. I'm looking at somebody who's probably broke. You know, a yeah, hundred grand a year doesn't mean anything bucks a year now. My dad made $10,000 as a cop. You don't think inflation's real? My dad made $10,000, $12,000 as a cop in the seventies working for the New York police department. You know, what's amazing. And now cops make, I sit down with them and I fill out their credit apps all the time when I'm selling them solar and I ask them what they make. They make 130,000 bucks a year. I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. But that's the new thing. So if you're making 130,000 as a salesman, like that's not, oh, I'm a six figure. That's not, that's not, you're not going to be on a podcast making six figures. No, no. My, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. I have a daughter, she and her husband are school teachers yeah, and oh they, they, they collectively make about 300 K a year. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I saw yeah, and and, and and I remember when my ex-wife started like, that's criminal. When my, when my former wife started teaching school way back when, you know, she was making fourteen thousand a year. That that was her starting pay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now collectively, they're they're knocking out three hundred k a year. That's awesome. It, it's crazy. That gives me hope. Yeah. Yeah. That but, gives me hope. But so the, the one unbreakable thing that I developed was so I'm in a position in my life where I'm in in my career where I, and I have referrals and I have, you know, marketing and I have all this stuff. I'm in two or three presentations a day. Now the trick is how do I stay in two or three presentations? And also how do I close at least two of those three, if not three out of those three. And that's really the techniques of, of salesmanship. And those, those aluminum siding salesmen, those tin men showed me how to do it. When I started selling solar in 2015, it was like, I was in the land of the blind. The one-eyed man is king. And here's this solar opportunity. And somehow I got shown how to do this in the 1980s. I show up in 2015 and I'm doing what I do. Everyone else is doing what they do, trying like hell to sell a million and failing. And I'm doing what I do and selling two and a half million watts of solar, which is a $10 million a year wow. you know, sale price. So, and to me, I just know how to do it. I'm in the land of the blind, the one I, I just know how to do it. So, so you're winning, you're winning the Cadillac, not the set of steak knives. I was the guy in the Cadillac, not the set of, not the steak knives. <laughs> you know what's funny about you? You'll appreciate this. So everybody loves that meme. First prize Cadillac, second prize steak knives. What I was in that sales room in the eighties and the way we got housewives to say yes to an appointment when their husband came home to show them the swampland in Florida, that real estate thing that they're selling in Glengarry Glen Ross is they promised the wife a free set of steak knives. And so everyone in that room, when Alex Cross holds up the steak knives, they've all got 30 sets of those steak knives in the trunk of their car. That's why the scene is funny. No one knows it. I did. It was like an inside joke uh, just for guys who'd actually been in that room. One of the things I really train my sales guys to do is, 
instead of getting yeses to get no's. That's I'm a I'm a big believer in that because every time you everyone's expecting the to to be asked a question to have them respond as a yes and they feel defensive, they 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 feel pressured and whatnot. Nobody feels pressure to say no. Nobody, nobody does. You know, and if I were in your business, you know, I could imagine instead of saying, would you like to save money on your electricity? Well, yeah. Or would you be against saving a few bucks on your light bill every month? No, no. It, it's a much, it's a much more natural. Do you do that? My favorite close is what I call a reverse close at the door. People are resistant to saying yes to having a salesman over and like, look, we're just talking about getting a quote. If the numbers aren't awesome, you're not going to do it. Right. And now I'm no. getting them to say yes to a no. They can easily say no, but I'm making them say yes. If it's not awesome, you're not going to do it. Right. One of the things I have a, I have a, a an agent who, uh, is a great one call closer. He really is. But the first thing that he says, when he goes in there, he says, you weren't planning on buying anything today. Were you <laughs> good? Let's get that out of the way. Well, no. All right. Good, good. Well, let's, let's <laughs> we got the pressure off. Yeah. And, and what people don't know is when they, especially on a home improvement, you're coming to the home, you're meeting the husband and the wife, you're at the kitchen table. What you don't know is that there was a meeting before the meeting and a conspiracy was hatched. Oh, and yeah. the conspiracy was, I don't care what this guy says. I don't care what the offer is. No matter what, we're not saying yes to this thing today. And there's a conspiracy there. Oh, and the salesman's not in on it. Right. And they may even share that with you. We've had a meeting <laughs> and we've decided we have a policy uh, we must sleep on any decision for 24 hours. We got to get God involved. We got to pray. Her dad's got to approve it because he's on the house. They're going to give you like 19 reasons why they can't. And what the salesman needs to know is stay calm. Those are all buying questions. Those are all buying statements. If you want to know what no soliciting means on somebody's front door, it says, please don't knock on my door. I buy everything. Everything. That's right. The guy that's throwing that out there is trying to put up the defense because he's the guy that goes into a car dealership and walks out with a car every time. He goes into the timeshare office and that guy gets them to sign up every time. He's letting you know this time this is going to be different. And it's not, not if you're a master closer. Yeah. Many, many, many years ago, I had a lady, I did a presentation for, and she says, I need to pray about it. And I literally grabbed her hand and got on a knee. I said, let's pray. Let us pray. <laughs> I agree. But, but what, let's one of pray. the things, one of the things you said though, is so important that people that, that, that so many people don't do is you invest in yourself. Like I have, I have people all the time, you know, a year ago, they were bragging their ass off about how much money they were making in the stock market. Now they're crying because they, how are those every, Bitcoin balances doing everything. Now? Yeah. Everything that everything they got has been wiped out. Yeah. And I don't work. I'm, I'm a I, you know, I own a few, I own a few very bellwether stocks that I've had for years, oddly enough, utility companies. Um, but they, you know, they, they pay well. And, you know, I've, I've had them for many years, but I don't, I've never actively traded stock. This is stock that I've got many, many, many years ago. Yeah, same well. here. I'm but, a buying old guy. But the thing is, though, 
I get a much better return investing in me, investing in my knowledge, investing in the growth of my own business far more than, than any, because you know, most of the time, all these investments, you know, stocks, Bitcoin, all this shit, it's all rigged anyway. Why, why, why do I, why, why would I want to invest all this money into something I have zero control over whatsoever? I can control what I do, but I can't control what traders in New York City do. Right. All, I, I may as well just dump it all on black in Vegas and spin the wheel and hope for the best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 100% uh, in, in our industry, we have something called door-to-door con. And you can show up every year for 99 bucks, but you can also be part of a mastermind of other CEOs. And that's going to cost a few bucks. But I have gotten more out of that than any single thing that I've ever done because I have people in my life. They say it's oh, yeah. lonely at the top. When you're the owner of a company, when you're in the C-suite, they say it's lonely at the top for a reason because there's not a, there's only a handful of guys at, at that level. So it is lonely. It if is you lonely. Get into a mastermind of other guys at that level, and you can let your hair down, share your issues, find best practices, and then really choose to be led by people who've had the results that you want to have. It's going to be a different thing. Coach Michael Burt, who is a good friend of uh, of our mutual friend Steve Carlos. Uh, he's a national basketball championship coach. I know Coach Burt well. He's a okay, cool guy. Well, he's, my, yeah. he's my leadership coach. He's my coaching coach. I'm a great salesman. I didn't know nothing about leading. I didn't know anything about coaching. I didn't know anything about writing a book. And he has yeah. a course on becoming a person of interest. And the person of interest course is you're not a person of interest if you haven't written a book yet. So you yeah. want to be introduced onto a stage and na, 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 they're going to say, here's the author of blah, 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 blah. It's something that has to be on your list of things you're going to do. And then I needed someone to teach me how to write a book and that. So I had to invest into that to get those returns out of it, to make those things true. Cause I got to tell you, there's not very many things I'm good at. Luckily the couple things I'm good at pay really well, Yeah. but I'm not good at being, I couldn't be a basketball coach. I don't know how to do that. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the best uh, manager, supervisor, or, you know, those necess- those aren't necessarily my, I can get people to say yes on a door and I can close a deal on one thing, but I need other people to show me how to build, you know, organizations and to create these, you know, I didn't know anything about habits. I knew nothing yeah. about habits and, and, co- and, I had and to coach bird, cost me 12 bucks. Coach bird is an animal. <laughs> oh my God, this guy, this guy is just always on the road, always. Yeah. And and he, he's he helping gets, me, he's helping me activate guys' prey drive. Like I find yeah. guys with potential, but in the problem in the solar world is, you know, they sell two, three deals a month. They got more money than they know what to do with, right? Because they're all they're gonna blow it on video games and whatever they're gonna do. They I've got to activate their prey drive. What is what activates your prey drive? Dude, would you like to be financially? secure, independent, maybe even rich by the time you're in your late twenties, you're not going to do that by playing video games, 40 hours a week. You got to work for 60 hours a week, one day at a time and act like you need a million bucks a year. Well, I find that, I find that to be the problem with a lot of people in sales is that you'll, you'll have someone who, who has the mortgage, they got the car payments and they have all this stuff. And, you know, well, you know, let's say they're, they're, they're nut is two grand a week. Yeah. So they, they go out and sell, they make their 2000 bucks and they're done. Yeah. 2,200. Cause they got to buy their wife dinner and put a yeah. few bucks away for the they're, vacation. And, yeah. and they're done. They, yeah. they don't think about when deals go bad. They don't think about if, if they get in a car wreck and they can't work for a month. 
Yep. That, you know, if, if they're not working, there's no money coming in and whatnot. Yep. They, you know, they, they, nobody, there's so many people that don't see any further past mm -hmm. this week's paycheck, which is, which is sad. But you know, the other thing too, I want to ask you with the salespeople that you work with and whatnot in your company, one of the biggest challenges that I have with my salespeople is to getting them to shed assumptions. Assumptions are, are just the worst. There's a, there's a book. I bet I've read it a hundred times. I bet. I, I think every person in America should be required to read it. It's called the four agreements uh, by a guy named Don Miguel Ruiz. He was a, a doctor from Mexico. And one of the, one of the things he talked about was, was making assumptions. And when you make assumptions about things and whatnot, it's like, it's like your husband and wife having the battle plan before you even come in the door. They have all these assumptions that, that, you know, you're going to, you're going to be an asshole. You're going to try to rip them off. You're going to try to pressure them. You're going to try to do all this stuff. And then once you go in there, they're going to find out that really none of that was true. And right. what drives me nuts, especially with salespeople that I talk to, I, in fact, I had it happen today. Uh, a guy calls me up and something bad happened. He says, oh, this business is just going to shit because no one has any money. I'm like, really? Nobody? No one has money? Nobody has money? <laughs> Who the hell? What are all these people doing in Vegas? Really? <laughs> Lighting it on fire. I, I, drove, to I drove to Orlando uh, this weekend to have a dinner meeting with a guy, and I have to drive past Disney. And their and cars lined, lined up, up on I-4 for a mile to get off to go to the Disney. Nobody has any money. At a couple grand a day. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so in Vegas, there's people standing there just lighting money on fire. They have money. They have money. And so what, what happens is that you can, uh, and this, this is true of anything really, I think you, you can have like the most happy go lucky uh, day of the week you know, going on for you. Everything is just clicking on all eight cylinders. Everything's going great. And you, you, you get one bad little thing happen. You get, it, it could be, you know, it, it could be a, a, a shitty text you might've gotten from, from your, one of your kids or your wife or whatever, just, just some little bitty simple thing. And it totally derails you from everything else. Totally. What and, I like is examining the other side of the assumptive things. Salespeople are in a home or at a door in a presentation, and they're making some really, uh, they're making some assumptions that could be critical mistakes. Number one, they're assuming that the prospect is listening. They're assuming that the prospect is comprehending. And they're also, they're also assuming that they're believing you. And a lot of times, none of those things are true. They're hearing, wah, 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 wah. This thing cost a million dollars. I don't want it. Yeah. And you're sitting there telling them there's no money. So in our case, we're saying there's zero money. You're never going to spend any money. One, they didn't hear it. Two, they don't comprehend it. Because how could I end up buying something that's valuable and not spend any money? And then number three, they just flat out don't believe you. Yeah. And so it's your job to convey ideas in a fashion where it interrupts that assumption and go, hey, I understand me telling you this costs nothing, but I'm sure you think I'm going to be asking for a check at some point. Am I right about that? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I have 8,000 customers. None of them have ever written me a check. They have never taken any of their money out of their bank account that was designated for something else and put it towards solar. It's That's not a thing, but I got to tell you, 
people hear me say that they see my lips moving and they don't comprehend it or they don't believe it. Mr. Customer, let me show you yeah. how this works. Have you I ever, don't think that just because I said it, you believe it. Have you ever read the book, Never Split the Difference by Chris? Yeah, I, I've, I have. What you're doing is making what he calls the accusation audit. <laughs> and that. and you do the accusation on it you know and 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 that's really so important even though his book's not about sales there's so many sales principles in there because when you go in there saying that you know you're thinking you're going to write me a check you're thinking you basically what you're doing is you're crushing their assumptions for one but but the other thing too is you're getting all their objections voiced out of the way correct right you're getting now everything done yeah. And treating objections, that's where you go. You know, you cannot change anyone's mind. No. When, so when you finally get that real objection out and there's ways to isolate the real objections from the smoke screens. But when you finally understand what the real objection is, the most important thing to do is not argue, but to listen and then agree with them and understand why they think that. And, you know, the way I teach salespeople to do is to use the feel felt found. It's I didn't invent. It's been around forever. I got taught to me. It works. Mr. Customer, I know exactly how you feel. In fact, my best friend felt the same way. When he looked into it and got the research and got the information, let me tell you what he found out. Or when he went to his tax guy, let me tell you what he found out. When he went to his accountant, let me tell you what he found out. When he went to his real estate agent, let me tell you what he found out. Now, I've accomplished a couple of things. One, I'm agreeing with them. I'm empathetic. I'm not arguing. And right. now I'm letting them know that there's other people. They're not stupid. Other people felt the same way. They're in a class of really smart people. My best friend, who I have a lot of esteem with, felt the exact same way. When he talked to an expert, let me tell you what he found out. And what that accomplishes is now we're going to have new information come into the conversation. And it's not coming from the salesman. Salesmen tell, stories sell. And if you can get an expert into the story to then repeat what you're wanting the customer to hear, that will overcome exactly. their objection by giving them new information. It didn't come from the sales guy. It came from someone who felt the same way who talked to an expert. Man, that's a game changer. And if you can learn that and treat all objections, including I want to think about it, that's an objection. It's also objections are requests for more information. If you treat, I want to think about it as a request for more information instead of having your little salesman heart break. Man, this presentation was going so good. I thought we were going to be doing paperwork. And now he's telling me he's got a policy. He needs, uh, you know, several days to think about it. My little salesman heart breaks. Uh, if you can stop that and realize, oh, wait, hold on. We've now arrived at the part of this meeting. Why they sent me here instead of a YouTube video. They could have sent a YouTube video explaining benefits and features narrated by William Shatner. It would have been awesome. That customer <laughs> would have been so wet and ready to go. But at the end of the video, there wouldn't be a closer here to help that person overcome that idea that they were going to do it on a different day. So if you can treat that as an objection and then have a bell go off, oh, wait, now it's time to do my job. It's also time to make it awkward. When this customer says they want to do it on a different day and you're going to confront that, overcome that, make them an offer they can't refuse, uh, oh, and just literally barrage that idea that this is going to be happening today. In fact, the, the, in my uh, MOD Sales Academy, the closing course is called I'm Not Coming Back. Literally, the course is called I'm Not yeah. Coming Back. And if you say that wrong, 
at the end of a presentation, you're going to end up really upsetting the prospects, right? right? If you do it correctly at the front end of a presentation and let them know this isn't the meeting about the meeting. This is the meeting. It's your turn. I'm not going to be coming back because when we're done, no one's going to have any use for me, including my company. My company will need me in three or four of these presentations every day going forward. It won't need me to come back because we're going to complete my job here today. And when my job's complete, we're going to reach this fork in the road. You're either going to become a job and a project where you've engaged a contractor. We're not necessarily married yet, but we're engaged right? We're engaged in this process that's going to lead to an outcome, or you're going to become a lead. And yeah. I'm going to toss you into the goldfish bowl of the sales department. And if you're looking for follow-up, let me tell you, man, we got some guys in our company, they are outstanding at follow-up. I'm not on that follow-up team, understand, right. because I'm an expert. I'm the guy they send when you need to understand what this is going on and help you. Uh, but man, you want to see some world-class follow-up. You're not going to be forgetting that you were interested in solar, man. These guys are good. So you're going, you're going in there with a level of status and yes. that status is only going up because if you ever break that and that status goes down, you may as well pack it up and go home because you're never right. getting it back. And not I really mean house. I'm not coming back. This isn't a ploy. Yeah. I know that if I'm in three or four of these presentations a day, that I'm going to close three of them. Yeah. And that fourth guy, he's just not very good at pulling the trigger. At least he's not with me. Like we're not, we're not like jiving. He's not picking up what I'm putting down. Maybe he's going to stick to that policy where he does, you know, praise on it. For, I don't know what the deal is, but he and I aren't really working well together. I'm really not coming back. Cause if I spent a bunch of time on that one guy out of four, instead of going to get four more guys and do four more presentations and close three of them, you're losing and then money. Other guy. That's, that's really the key. I'm not coming back because me spending a bunch of time with that guy, that's not good for me. It's not good for him. We're just not no. a good fit. I'm a, I am going to toss him into the goldfish bowl. He's going to become a lead for my sales department. Yeah. You, you got to roll with the believers, man. Cause if you don't roll with the believers, you're, you're all you're going to do is just, just waste a bunch of time. You know, a lot of people I'm gonna say write that down, man, I roll with the believers. <laughs> roll with the believers. That's right. That's because... going to be on my morning call. You're asking me about <laughs> one of the unbreakables. I've been doing a morning call for probably four years. That starts at eight. Yeah, you told me you do a coaching call every morning. Every day. Yeah, every yeah. Day. Tell us every about day. that. You know what? It's an elaborate scheme to get you know dozens of people. There's usually forty to sixty people on that call. It's an elaborate scheme to get all of those guys to hold me accountable for me being in my mastermind and rocking and rolling and spitting fire uh, at eight o'clock every morning. It's really just a this, okay. this, <laughs> this way to trick me and to be able to do that every day. So this non-morning guy leads this call every morning at eight o'clock and it's about getting into momentum. It's called the no matter what call. Uh, it's part of the MOD sales Academy. It's, it's like $67 a month. It's literally almost free. Want to be getting accountable. They need support, inspiration. Uh, they need other people. They're looking for a support group. You know, I tell you, I don't know if every job needs a support group, but knocking on doors needs one. <laughs> you know, I, I think, man. you know, the, the support group's just so important because you've got to be around like-minded people and you got 100%. to. So when, when the pandemic started, one of the things I did, and a lot of people don't agree with what I did, but it worked was that uh, we basically had to reinvent the way we did business overnight. We, we, you know, we couldn't go, my guys couldn't go see people. We had to start selling on Zoom or selling right. over the phone. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so the first thing we did was we took this, this enormous number of agents and we sent them all an email to sign, to sign up for online training by five o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Saturday morning, I called my assistant and I said, go through it and see who did not sign up for the training and fire them. <laughs> all right. Okay. So then we had all these people lined up for the, for the training. Then to do the Zoom calls, I sent them all an email yeah. that had three YouTube videos on it that I wanted them to watch. The three YouTube videos combined was like nine minutes. Two of them were actually three Stooges clips. Okay. Then we got on the Zoom calls and I said, raise your hand if you didn't have the time to watch the videos. And guys started started holding up their hands on the video. And while they were doing that, my assistant was clicking them off the call. It was like in a James Bond movie. Boop, 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 boop. Gone. Gone. Would, would never call. You know, they tried calling us back. We'd never return their calls. Because I knew that our lead costs were going to go way up. Yeah. I, I knew that, that things were going to you know, be different. And I needed to roll with the believers. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I had to. And so yeah. after I did a couple of rounds of that, everybody else that was left, I had their undivided attention. Absolutely. Un and, and we got rid of probably 40% of our sales force doing wow. that. And we had the best year. That was ever. the third option. First prize Cadillac, second prize steak knives, third prize you're fired. Hit the bricks. That's right. Hit the bricks. <laughs> Hit the bricks. And 2020 was the best year we had had at that point. 2020 was the best year. Us too. Just most saying, profitable. We were most year over year hugely bigger sales, bigger profits in uh, 2020. And that's because we knew it was like, figure this out or die. Yeah. But, but during the Zoom calls, I had this, uh, I have this rule. I still do. The, the Zoom calls are supposed to be encouraging. Uh, they're supposed to be constructive. Nobody's there to pick on anybody. And the, and the biggest thing that I don't want on there is any kind of negativity whatsoever. Because like I said, all it takes is one to poison the whole group. And I make, a, I make it very clear. If, if it's something negative, if it's something, if it's a complaint or something, pick up the phone, call me, you know, call somebody happy to talk to you all day long about yeah. it. Just don't do it with the group. Yeah. A couple of guys did it gone. Okay. You know, you know, I had a zero tolerance for it, but you have to be around. The point behind all that is you have got to surround yourself with positive people and like-minded people. It's just like, just like here in Florida, there's, there's a group of guys, maybe once a month I go fish with. Okay. These guys, they drink beer every day. They smoke weed every day. They go to strip clubs. They fish every day. They do all this yeah. stuff. They're yeah. a lot of fun to hang out with, but <laughs> I can only like do it. I can only do it once. Uh -huh. You know, I, I, I'll go spend an afternoon fishing with them. I'll drink and then, and then go home and I, you know, I hop off the wagon and then I jump back on if, if, if I, if I lived that life with them seven days a week, I'd lose everything I had. Yeah. hundred percent. Because you, you just, you just can't be around that. That's momentum in the wrong direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just, you just can't do it. So 
if people want to get a hold of you, if people want to get in touch with you about your, your coaching calls or, or, yeah. or buy your book yeah. or, or if, if, if they want to, they want to get a gig in solar, whatever, how do they do that? Yeah. They just reach out to me. They can always find me on social media, which is Michael O'Donnell sales. And you can find me Instagram, uh, Instagram and Facebook on there. And then my website has the book, has the training, has the calls. That's M O D sales academy.com mod sales academy.com you go on there you can find anything you can also find it from social media as well on social media is a bunch of podcasts a bunch of speeches a bunch of talks a lot of it's talking about how do i make a million dollars a year uh in sales how do i how do i make that happen and and the guys who sign up in the academy you're talking about the unbreakables we're on a call together every single day no matter what it's 30 minutes it's crisp it's in and out but we're starting that momentum uh, every great. single day. And that's really the are key. They, are they Zoom calls? Every day. Yeah, they're a Zoom call every day, Monday through Friday. They're 30 minutes. And then once a week, I do about an hour and a half sales training. Um, and that's about, you know, creating, it's not necessarily creating momentum. It's what do you say to get a prospect to say, yeah, for sure. I would say yes to seeing a presentation. Uh, and then once you're in the presentation, how are you going to light their ass on fire? Like actually light it on fire. And then when they uh, are saying, wow, this is amazing. You're my guy. This is it. I'm doing it. There's no chance I'm not doing this, uh, but I don't want to do it today. Is there any chance you can come back on Friday? How are we going to set that up so that they're going to boom? We've already built the frame. We're going to hang the door. And when they say that, we're just going to close the door. Yeah, because there's too many people to see. I mean, you, you live in a city, especially where yeah. there's a, a lot of people and a shit ton of sun. You guys don't get, you guys don't get any rain out there at all. Do you? Or, or about 11 inches a year. And it all happens on like three different days. <laughs> the rest wow. of the year, there's not a cloud in the sky. We got all the sunshine we can handle. Wow. That's amazing. Well, Michael, man, thanks so much for being on. I really do. I really enjoyed talking to you and, and listening to your principles and, and, and learning something about the solar business. Like I said, I, I, I don't know a thing about it. So You're gonna. I, I know, I know a little bit more <laughs> now coming. than I did than I did an hour ago. The government's going to tax fossil fuels to death. You're going to, you know, you're going to be living somewhere that's powered by solar and, and you'll, you'll learn more. And I'm happy to, it's exciting to tell yeah, people, you know, I, go solar it's like they're the first one in their family that got an iphone and the next thing you know they're telling all their family it's definitely a referral based uh situation after after we knock on the door every one of those doors leads to a referral tree that goes forever so do you do you have the, the people have like how many panels would they have on their house typically anywhere from 20 to 60 and that depends on the size of the house it depends on how much power that they use so it always starts with looking at a customer's usage, which is on their electric bill. And okay. that's going to tell us how much power they need. Then we just design a solar system that makes that much power. So I have a friend of mine. I'm actually flying up there next week to see him. He lives in Michigan. Uh-huh. Has a 25,000 square foot house that he built. Whoa. <laughs> took seven took seven years to build the house. Uh-huh. And it's very unique. He, he actually had gone into Detroit and bought a bunch of these old dilapidated houses that had all this really ornate woodwork and rock. Uh, okay. He, he bought like 20 of these houses for nothing and repurposed it all in this house that, wow. that he built. And that's an actual mansion. It, it is an actual mansion, but the, the entire roof of this house is solar panels, the entire roof. And 
and he he doesn't he doesn't use it to generate electricity. What he does is he uses it to he generates. Uh, he has a pool. It heats his swimming pool. Oh, but okay. The, but the biggest thing that it does, he has this radiant flooring tubing all in With his house. Water yeah, and then all his driveways, walkways, sidewalks, it's all poured in. It's all in that poured concrete. He never has what a luxury. He never has to shovel snow ever. Warm walkways and warm floors and not what a what a what a luxury. And he's doing all that with free energy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but he's but he, but he's still you know he's still powering the rest of the house with electricity. But yeah, yeah. If you have a twenty five thousand square foot home uh, and you have to pay for the electricity now and you can afford it, you're probably talking about twenty thousand bucks a year for electricity, right? Yeah. And okay, you're a rich guy, and you know you, you've you've had the means to build this house, and you can afford that. What so electricity is going to not only double but triple by the end of the decade? Can you imagine anybody being willing to pay sixty thousand dollars a year? Wow! To uh, to uh, provide the electricity for a home, you'd be that home would turn from a mansion into a monstrosity. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that's really what's happening, and and that happens at every level. If someone's in a twenty four hundred square foot home. And they're spending three thousand dollars a year for electricity and for oil or gas, whatever that thing is, and that triples. And now they're spending nine or ten thousand dollars a year for the electric bill, for the light bill. You know, do they still live in that same home? And so it's interesting. You know, we're going door to door, knocking on doors, talking about solar. We're not saying, wouldn't it be nice if we were helping the planet? That's not what we're saying. We're telling them, hey, I can tell and see that you're actually tied to a railroad track. And there's a freight train coming and talk about knives. I'm the guy with the knife. Don't tell me you're not interested in the knife. <laughs> the knife's going <laughs> to cut you loose from the train so you can step off this track and whoa, 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 whoa. you can watch that freight train go by instead of getting run over by it like the rest of your neighbors who, you know, don't actually do this. So, you know, when people are tied to a freight train track, they're interested in the knife. They're interested in and the that's knife what we're sure. doing is we're helping people see that, help them understand it. And then give them the courage and the confidence to take, to take action. Well, folks, you have heard it from the number one guy on the planet in solar. He, he knows his stuff and uh, man, um, follow him, look him up, get in his mastermind. Uh, it, 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 it sounds like you got a hell of a thing going. And Michael, I can't uh, thank you enough for being on the day. Jeff, what a pleasure. It's been great. I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation between you uh, and I. Come on anytime, brother. 100%. Uh-huh.